Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. today you know I check on my metrics of this show pretty frequently and you know just to make sure it's growing and all but it's pretty crazy to think about the world we live in right now with globalization and everything and how connected we are with the internet so I sit up here and I record this show in my house you know looking over the roping arena I'm looking at the river and I'm just all by myself here uh, in Auburn California a town of 14,000 people if I were to just go outside and shout as loud as I possibly could Probably like four people would hear me. There's no houses that are very close together where I live at. But I can sit up here by myself, talking in this microphone and get my message out now to over 35 states here in the US and now 13 different countries around the world. It's almost baffling. Some people are getting to hear this in Croatia, Japan, France, Germany. Shoot, some people are even listening in Kenya. That's pretty dang cool. All right, so I told you guys the last few episodes, it's been so nice here. I'm out wearing t-shirts when we're roping. I mean, it feels like an Arizona winter. So if you're listening over on the East Coast in the snow, don't be too jealous or nothing, but it's pretty awesome over here right now. And if you've been listening for a while now, you know the story about my horse, the puppy, and how I used to not be very confident on him until my gray horse got hurt, and then I had to ride the puppy in the biggest roping of the year at Vegas, and he ended up working amazing. And now he's actually my best and favorite horse to ride. Still also crazy how all of that just seemed to happen for a reason. It really made me realize how good that horse can really be. And still, every time I ride him, he's getting better and better. With horses, it's just insane how you can get to the point where you're so tapped off with each other. It feels like I can be running down the arena at full speed, chasing a steer, getting ready to heal a steer. And in my brain, I can just think, Oh man, I need to be a little wider or I need to be a little closer. And the good horses, they just do it automatically. It's like they're reading your thoughts. Obviously, that's not happening. I'm, I'm subconsciously cueing them to do something, but it just doesn't take much. They get to really figuring you out and, and understanding what it is that you want. And I also told you guys this past weekend, I roped really well. The puppy, he worked amazing. My gray horse worked great. I won money riding both horses. It was just fantastic. But one thing that I'm really trying to get better about and and learning as I'm going here, I can't be practicing on my two good ones really hard every day. They're like people. They got to get some days off. And actually, one day last week, I ran probably a couple too many practice tiers on the puppy, and he just started to get a little antsy and a little overwhelmed. I could feel it in him. He was a little bit too excited. So I said, okay, not doing that anymore. He's treating me way too well. He's working too well. I just need to keep his job easy and keep him enjoying it, not hating what he's doing. Same thing with my good gray horse. I need to be roping less in practice on him and keeping him fresh for the ropings when it counts. So then what am I supposed to do? Just not practice? Well, (laughs) this is where we get to Mr. Paint. So when I was a baby, we had this paint horse and If you don't know what a paint horse is, they are really pretty. They're multicolored. They're usually white with black or brown splotches all over them. Super beautiful horses. 
So my dad, he bought this paint a long time ago for my mom. And it was the horse that my dad really learned to rope on. And I learned to ride on when I was just a tiny little kid. And this paint was awesome. His name was Elvis. He was so nice. I could crawl all over him. I would, <laughs> when we were at ropings, I would sit on his back and just rope his ears with my little kid rope. He would never even flinch. He just let me grow up on him. Well, sadly, Elvis died probably six or seven years ago now. And I actually have a really cool, it's a braided line of his mane hanging on my rearview mirror in my truck. So he goes everywhere with me. But anyway, since he passed away, my mom has always, always wanted another paint horse to be the new Elvis. And she's always told my dad, I'll ride more horses with you when you find me another Elvis. Well, paint horses are hard to find, especially ones that are good to rope on. And just randomly, you know, a buddy of ours, he happened to be selling a paint. And long story short, my dad bought him. My mom loves this new paint horse. She calls him Presley Prada Gucci, <laughs> which, you know, there's zero chance I'm calling him that. So to me, he's Mr. Paint. So Mr. Paint, he's about the same age as the puppy. Uh, but I mean, he feels like he's four years behind the puppy. He's pretty lethargic. He kind of doesn't pay attention a whole lot. He's pretty slow, doesn't really stop that great. But he does have an amazing mind. He never gets rattled or overexcited about anything. You could rope all day on him and then go put a little kid on him and he'll walk around like he was just as calm as ever. So in order to take pressure off my two better horses, I've been riding Mr. Paint more and it has been a little bit of a frustrating task. I've gotten way spoiled and used to getting on my good ones that now that I get on Mr. Paint, sometimes it feels like I can't even catch. He runs kind of weird. He's pretty long strided. So I have a hard time staying in time with him and the steer. Sometimes he will literally run up and try to bite the steer on the back. I mean, I'm trying to rope the feet and he's trying to bite the steer on the back. So you can imagine zero symmetry going on there between him and I. He's just kind of doing his own thing off in his own little world. And it's really frustrating because, you know, I get on him and I want these results right now. Like, I feel like I should be able to ride him like I do my other two and he should just respond easily and do whatever I want. I want to be really aggressive and try to take quick shots, but I just can't with him. It takes such a process and I have to take the small wins with him because over time, those small wins, they compound. And that's what happened with the puppy. He used to make me just as frustrated until one day it just clicked with him. And now he's my best heel horse I ride. And for some people with their financial planning, it's the same thing. They want results right now. But they don't understand that the small wins is what makes them successful. I was actually in a client meeting this morning and we were just going over what model we were going to be in, expectations that she had and whatnot. So, but she had told me, she said, Hunter, I want everything to be linear. I don't want to have to deal with the ups and downs. I just want... I just want to consistently make money <laughs> and I had to explain, you know, that's really, that's not how it works. We're never just going to get the results now and, and always see continuous growth. That's part of what happens with investing and financial planning in general. There's going to be ups and downs, but in the long run, we're going to do well and we have to take the small wins as they come and not just with her, but with everybody, we have to try to identify places that we can save money on variable expenses that aren't necessary spending more time on your investment portfolio to make sure you're properly diversified, checking to see if you're overpaying on insurance. I mean, none of these things are fun to do. But these are the small victories that we're talking about. And all of a sudden, after a few years, you'll have all this extra money saved up 
or your investments are doing way better, then it all just clicks. But ah, those are hard habits to break. I'm really struggling right now to get Mr. Paint to pay more attention to the steers, to stop on his butt, not on his front end, to just give me more try. But I'm not gonna break those habits tomorrow and I have to realize it will take time and I gotta be patient with him. If I go and I push him too hard, you know, he's gonna break down. We'll have to take two steps backwards and one forward constantly. We'll never get anywhere. And what really has me thinking about all this is I'm reading a new book. It's called Atomic Habits. I would definitely recommend it. It's awesome. And I'm not very far into it yet, but it's already really helping me. Because we all have bad habits that we want to break, it's not only with horses for me. I have my own bad habits too. My biggest one right now I'm trying to fix is snoozing my dang alarm. So I've told you guys, I usually lift in the morning with my buddy at 6 a.m. So I try to leave my house at 5.30. And it's so bad, but... What I constantly do is I set my alarm for 4.45, then I set another one for 5, and another one for 5.10, and 5.15, 5.25, and 5.30. So my first alarm goes off at 4.45, and I know in the back of my mind that I set it early on purpose so I could allow myself to turn it back off and go back to sleep for 10 minutes. So I've trained myself to wake up, go back to sleep for 10 minutes, wake up, back to sleep for 5, wake up, back to sleep for 5, until the 5.20 alarm hits, and I have 10 minutes until I gotta get out of the house. So I jump out of bed, I'm like, oh crap, I gotta hurry. I go run and make coffee, get dressed, I'm all rushing, and I run out of the door still half asleep. And I know it's bad, but I still do it every day because I've done this for so long, actually since college. It's like, it's ingrained in my brain that the alarm doesn't actually matter. I still have time to sleep. So I'm starting to put my phone all the way on the opposite side of the room. So when it goes off, I have to get my butt out of bed and go over there to turn it off. And I'm just gonna stop setting the 445 one. I'm just gonna set it at 510 when I know I should be getting up anyways. Set it one time and get up and get moving. But it's so hard to do, I'm telling you. Oh my gosh, I hate it right now. But I gotta stay consistent with it because it takes a long time to build a new habit, let alone break an old one. So I'm telling you all of this not to help give you strategies for waking up earlier, but a lot of us have bad habits with our finances as well. And my bad habit with my finances, it's Uber Eats. I've been getting lazy. I don't pack my lunch the night before, and then I sleep in that extra 10 minutes so I don't have time before I leave, and then I spend $20 to get a sandwich delivered to my office. Huge waste of money, and it's not the healthiest food either. And it's another habit I'm gonna break. I could be saving a lot of money just making my food at home beforehand. Then at the end of every month, I'll have more disposable income that I can invest or use for fun, whatever I wanna do. So I want you to think about what your bad habits are financially and what you can do to solve them, as well as what would the benefits be if you could solve them today. Maybe you're wanting to save up for a vacation this summer, but you're struggling to reach your savings goals. Maybe you aren't putting as much into your retirement account as you'd like. Whatever it is, these habits, they're again, they're not easy to break. It takes time, but you have to take the small wins with them as they come because you're not going to experience the big reward right away. But when you do reach that goal, it's going to be well worth it. And I would love to help you identify what we can do to enhance your current financial situation and put you on a fast track towards all of your goals. So guys, head over to my website at hunterlowry.com and push that big green button that says schedule a call. We can chat on the phone for a little bit, talk about your current situation, and I'll help you identify some areas where we can target to enhance your financial life. And meanwhile, I'm going to keep you guys updated on the journey of Mr. Paint because it's, <laughs> it's going to be a long one, but we'll get there. 
Also, for all of you guys out there that follow the Wealth Accelerator Facebook page, thank you, number one. But also, I've uh, posted the February market outlook over there. Our in-house portfolio analyst, he writes about his outlook on the market and our stance here at Sierra Ridge. So, like I said, I'm posting these monthly as they get finished up. And if you know, you're know you curious about what's going on currently and kind of what we're seeing for the future, just go over and read that. They're really well done. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.